Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm the host of Allergic to Small Talk. I'm an expat living in the UK. I own two businesses, have my executive MBA from Pepperdine University, and I come riding dirty, having fallen from the polished corporate world. Allergic to Small Talk is a show about how to grow your small business through networking, plus the tools and resources needed to develop your foundation as a business owner. If you're allergic to small talk, get ready for big conversations that are delivered to you in bite-sized chunks that you can implement right away to transform the way you view, operate, and grow your business. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. Creativity and art go hand in hand, but how do you align your creativity plus art and turn it into a consistent income stream? If you're in the creative space, like an artist, a graphic designer, or an art or creative director or DJ, you'll love this episode because you're going to learn how to treat what you love as a business so you can generate a consistent income stream. The good news is you don't need to sacrifice your creativity to be a business person. They can complement and run alongside one another. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Allergic to Small Talk. You can catch me here every week or say what's up to me on Insta at It's Grow Grow. All right, let's dive into this episode. I have an exciting guest for you on today's show, and his name is Amani Roberts. Amani is a DJ, music producer, podcaster, and author. What I really love about him is that he took his DJ career beyond the decks and completely shifted his perspective on how he views his craft, not only in his space of creativity, but in his place of business. The focus of our show today will be on his book, DJs Mean Business. Amani's going to share how one night behind the turntables can spin your company into success. Amani, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be here. Excellent. So I really loved your book and I really loved the insights that I was reading. And I just wanted to ask you, what was your purpose behind writing the book? What was the inspiration? I had a couple pieces of inspiration. First was to really let people know that DJs are more than just button pushers that there's a lot that goes on behind the decks before we get on the decks after. And so I wanted to share that in terms of my perspective with the people. And I also wanted to continue to build my own personal brand because once you become an author, that opens up more opportunities and that further establishes me as being a subject matter expert and just a leader in the creative space. So those were probably the two or three main reasons I wrote the book. Awesome. So when we dive into DJs Mean Business, what are we going to learn? You're going to learn kind of the thought process that DJs put behind the different time slots of their sets. We're going to learn how it relates to business. You're also going to learn some creative ways of getting feedback, like I gave the Uber example in there. And then you're just going to learn just how talented DJs are. We have to quadruple, quintuple task behind the deck so it's not just playing the music and going to the next song. So those are many of the things you're going to learn, and you're going to see how it relates to also growing a business and how it might surprise you that it's closely related to growing a business. I love it. So let's dive into the business aspects of DJing. A lot of my friends that are creative, they're just so awesome with their craft. And when they focus on turning that craft into a business, sometimes they get a little confronted or sometimes it's a bit challenging for them. 
because there's like a lack of systems and structures that helps make their business thrive. So can you kind of dive into what does it take in order to really make that transition from, yes, you love your craft, but how do you make that transition to turning it into a business? I think it starts with making sure you have some of the basics in like, you know, website, email, newsletter, definitely active social media, some of those basics. I think also if you get with a team of people who are creatives as well, like I'm part of a mastermind group, that will help make sure that you're kind of staying on track and also help hold you accountable. And then every once in a while, it's okay to get some coaching, like, you know, get some help as you want to kind of level up and do that. And I think if you add those three elements, that will give you the opportunity to take your creative passion and make it a business. Then you have to set up systems, of course, whether it be accounting, lead referral, lead generation, follow-up. But I think the first three things will help you establish a strong foundation. That's so cool, Amani. I really like that. And for those of you who don't know what a mastermind is, it's basically where a lot of different people get together. But for example, there could be a mastermind that's focused specifically on lead generation. So that could be like trying to get leads into your business for a particular product or service that you're offering. And maybe you don't know exactly how to do that. So you bring all of these people together with what we call a mastermind, and they will help you get there. So if there's like a particular task or problem that you're stuck in or on in your business, there's always going to be a resource that you can lean on to get that expertise. That's a really great example, Mani. I love that. As many of you know, our team at Cut Class is passionate about helping people transition from their nine to five to building a business that they love. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. I remember climbing the corporate ladder, getting my executive MBA, and making great money and driving a fancy car. But at the end of the day, I was frustrated and miserable because I was doing everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing to hit success. It wasn't until I completely unplugged from what the world always told me would make me happy that I was able to find my genius zone and turn it into a business. I now have the freedom around time and finances that I've always wanted. So if you're in a similar situation where you're in a nine to five that's frustrating and unfulfilling and you're thinking about starting a business so you can control your time and finances, then let's hop on a call and let's talk about creating your new future. A link to book a call will be in the show notes. You also touched on coaching. Can you just expand on that a bit? Yeah, I think that we we always tend to forget that when we're young, many people will play a sport, will act, will sing, and you have instructors or you'll have different people you go to for lessons. And I think that once we get to be adults, we forget how beneficial that can be. And, you know, I've used a few coaches in my time that have really helped me with my business, with setting up systems to take leads, with really expanding the business to have different offerings. And I think that's important. And I think people forget about it. So that's why I wanted to mention that. And it can be for me like someone to help coach me on working with me to do better remixes and production. It can be, you know, a speaking coach, someone who's going to help me establish the speaking part of my business. You don't know everything. And so if you can get some help and maybe 
be humble enough to accept the help, then you can get further along in the long run. Yeah, that's super cool. At Cut Class, we don't necessarily think people need to go to school to learn. Obviously, it's great to go. Like, we're not like to say, don't go. But we do encourage people to learn something online or get the coach, get the mastermind. If you have a weakness that's in your life or your business, literally put a Google search out, ask friends in your network, and they'll be able to help you fill that gap. Within the last year, we were able to launch a podcast. We were able to figure out how to launch online courses. And we didn't know how to do that like 18 months ago. Like we had no clue. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I really like that example. That's cool. So Amani, I want to dive a little bit deeper into your book. How do you want people to feel after reading your book? What should they walk away with? I want them to have a feeling of like, wow, I did not realize there was so much involved with DJing. Wow, I didn't anticipate how close and how similar DJing is to growing a business. And then I want them to be inspired to say, well, if this person is a DJ and walked me through how it relates to business, maybe I can go and become a florist. Maybe I can go and become an actor. Maybe I can go and become an author just because you know, I wanted people to use my example of how it works, specifically in the book, the example of how I went to, not really a coach, but I went back to school, Scratch Academy, and just show that how these different experiences, when you put yourself out there to learn, can really elevate your life personally and professionally. And those would probably be the top three takeaways from the book, just further respect for DJs, further inspiration for people that tap into their own creative soul, and just an understanding that you know, if you take these steps, get coaching, put yourself out there, take risks, then good things can happen. Right. So when you say that DJing is similar to running a business, can you just detail that a little bit more? I know that sounds like there's an analogy in there. Can you just give me that like step by step? Yeah. So say if we're doing a DJ set from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., you arrive, you start at 10 p.m. to 10.15, you're really just feeling out the room, trying to see who's there, keep them there, and entertain them, you know, kind of building a little rapport. Same thing in business. When you first start a business, you have to kind of identify your ideal client and try to continue to find several ideal clients and build from there. And then I'm going to skip ahead. We get to like 11 p.m. to 11.15. If you're a DJ, something always goes wrong, whether it be your computer, (laughs) needles, monitors, speakers, something goes will go wrong in a set. And it's just how do you adjust and keep the music going? The music can never stop. Same thing in business. You might go into business and be focused on maybe selling a specific item, but then you discover that actually people don't like that item. They like something else that you are selling that you didn't really pay attention to. So how do you shift and focus more on that? But you can't just close your business down and start the business again. So how do you shift? You get to midnight, and the DJ sets prime time. You want to keep the dance floor packed. Just hit after hit after hit. Same thing in business. Once you're starting to grow sales, you want to continue to grow sales month over month and year over year and just continue to build. We get to, I think it's like 1.30 at night. And for me, I'm like already in bed. Like oh, at this at bed. this point. <laughs> this will be a special occasion for you. This will be a special occasion for you. So you'd be out like just, you know, hanging out with all the friends. Just once every quarter you hang out like this. You get to 1.30. You're funny. You get to 1.30 and... I love slow jams. And so that helps bring people back to a time when they probably had less worries, less bills. It could be junior high school, high school, even college, when it was just a little bit more carefree. Once you become an adult, 
you have more responsibilities, but the nostalgia will bring you back to that time. Same thing in business. You'll notice brands like Adidas with the Stan Smith shoes. That's a hey, that's a throwback to the 70s. Old Spice does a tremendous job with the commercials and how they advertise. They tap into nostalgia. Nintendo is one of my favorite examples. So businesses will use nostalgia to not only re-engage with their older audience, their older client base, but then tap into some newer people that love nostalgia and love kind of flashbacks. And so that's the 130 time slot. So you can see the similarities. And then any business that is wanting to grow will get feedback. So for me, the feedback came kind of after the DJ set was over. So say like two o'clock AM, I used to drive for Uber. So I would go outside the club, turn on my little Uber meter and pick people up. Many times it'd be people who were in the club with me and they wouldn't <laughs> recognize me. And so I start to drive them home and they'd be like, so what'd you think of the music, the DJ or whatever? They say, oh, I like this. I didn't like that. So that's just a really cool way of getting feedback. Of course, at the end of the ride, I was like, well, you know, I was a DJ tonight. So thank you for the feedback. And people would kind of bug out or whatever. <laughs> That's just, that kind of takes you through the time slots. I skipped some chapters, but those are kind of my favorite highlights because that really directly shows you how DJing relates to growing a business. Oh, I love that analogy. It's so good. It's so good. The part that really stuck out to me is like, you know, not everyone's always going to love your product or service. And, you know, we've all been on the dance floor when the DJ drops a song and you're like, yo, it's just Mm -hmm. vibing that last song. Like what just happened to the whole room? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And sometimes that happens in business. For our business, we launched the lead magnet late last year and literally it got no traction. We're like, damn. But it's the same thing. Some things will be a hit and then the other times it's just not going to work out. Well, better to have tried the lead magnet than to be wondering if it would work. That's the same thing with DJing. Like, you know, you could have, you know, a really popular song. Then you have this new song that you love and you think people will love it. So you're going to sneak it in to in between the two popular songs and just like you said, maybe it clears the dance floor. Maybe it brings more people to dance floor, but you don't know if you don't try. So within every DJ set, there's 40, 50, 60 different risks you take by what you play and when you play it, but you don't know how it's going to work until you do it. So we can't be paralyzed. We just have to go for it. Right. Very cool. So Amani, are there any other knowledge bombs you want to drop on the audience today <laughs> about DJs mean business or just with business in general? You know, lately, specifically since probably like March 2020, I've been really on kind of the live streaming bandwagon. I'm going to do a lot of work on Twitch. And I think that that's a hidden gem, whether you choose to live stream on Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I think that live streaming, which I like to view it as live interactive TV, I think that's a really good way to meet your potential customers where they are, but also develops a really strong community around your brand. And that's something I've learned and seen in the past 21, 22 months, almost two years. And I just think that more creatives should take advantage of that. And you can live stream on LinkedIn also, but definitely people are kind of moving past and have higher expectations than just maybe putting up a photo on a blog post. Like they want to interact with you on a consistent basis. And once they see you out there, it just helps. So that's probably another aspect that I've learned the last two years that I've tried to implement into my business. It's led me to also create a opportunity to do like game shows, interactive work, interactive shows, both with corporate clients, but then online. So that's kind of the newest thing that I'm really, really pushing and just really trying to continue to learn about. That's awesome. And I think it's great that people, you know, try things that are outside of what they're normally doing in their everyday. That's super cool. 
Can you explain a little bit like what is Twitch? Because I've heard of it, but for mm-hmm. me personally, I know what live streaming is, but like I don't know what Twitch is specifically. Like how is it different from like Instagram? Twitch is a live streaming platform, so it's built for live streaming. It was primarily for gamers kind of back in the day, but now you have a lot of musicians, a lot of DJs, a lot of creatives that are on there. And it's really just a community where you would live stream there. People would join your room, we'll say. There's a chat box going, you follow the chat. But then the systems that they have built in to allow people to support you while you're streaming and while you're not streaming, for example, people can subscribe to you at different levels, whether it be 5 10 or $25 a month. People can what they call on Twitch, like throw bits, which is like virtually tip you during your sets or whatever, or your streams. It sets that up and it just allows people to find you all over the world. Before I started Twitch, I was pretty much regionally based, like LA, Vegas, San Diego, maybe a little East Coast because that's where I grew up. But now since I started streaming on Twitch, I have and work with people in the UK, in Toronto, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Africa, in the Netherlands. Then you take the United States, it could be Texas, Miami, Atlanta, New York, Chicago, Detroit, Seattle, Phoenix, like everywhere. They just expanded my brand internationally in a relatively short period of time because it's like been a year and a half. And that is just something that was totally unexpected. But that shows you like you set up like if we're having this conversation here, it's pretty much via audio. But on Twitch, we could stream it. People would see you. They'd see me. They'd be interacting. They'd ask questions. It's like live interactive TV there. It's built on kind of a gaming platform, but they're making adjustments to make it more appealing to musicians and creators like ourselves. And it's just different, but it's effective. I don't think it's going away. And I think it's kind of the future of how we consume content. Plus, once you finish streaming, you can then take what you streamed and upload it to YouTube and make it a podcast episode and things like that. So it's just a way for you to record your episodes live, get more people watching it live, and then you can reuse the content in the future too. Whoa, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Now you're just adding another thing that I need to be doing in my business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, take your time. It takes time, but I think it could be very effective. I started just live streaming my podcast episodes. That's all I was doing at first. Then I kind of started to DJ a set once a week. Then I grew to two days a week. Then I did a whole bunch of work and I've kind of scaled back to three or four days a week. But I do two days of DJing on Twitch. And then I do two days of like either talk or game shows. And I just think it's an effective marketing tool. Yeah. I just think it's a hidden gem. That's cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Well, Imani, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up today? Please go out and support, you know, not only me being author, but all the authors that are out there. I'm working on my second book right now. And just thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Amani, I really enjoyed having you on the show today. When you guys get a chance, please make sure you go out and check out DJ's Mean Business and make sure to check out Amani on Twitch. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Allergic to Small Talk is a production of Cut Class, a place where you can access me, Rochelle Grow, and Leslie Levito. We teach the world how to start and grow businesses without a formal classroom. Executively produced by me, Rochelle Grow, and Cut Class. Creative direction by Sho Kazanjian. Audio editor and producer, Tom McGeoch. And music is by Fami Kaira. If you'd like to access more free resources, check out our sister podcast, out to launch 
hosted by Cut Classes co-founder, Leslie Levito. She teaches people how to ditch their nine to five to start their own business. See ya.